Welcome to the In Love with PMDD podcast. I am your host, Rose, your PMDD relationship coach. So today's episode is going to be how to keep the peace in PMDD hell weeks. So premenstrual dysphoric disorder, commonly known as PMDD, affects one in 20 women. Some are diagnosed and some don't even know that they have it. I personally have had PMDD for 15 years, and I have a partner with whom I have spent years and months of trial and error, and we created my signature transformational trauma techniques for your intimate relationship. So let me be clear, trauma does not cause PMDD, but PMDD definitely causes trauma. So my TTT techniques will help you cope with your PMDD symptoms, stop the cycle of wanting to break up with your partner every single month, and have the supporting relationship that us PMDD champions desire and deserve. So let's jump right into this episode. First, let's address what Hell Week is specifically. So this is a term widely known within the PMDD community as the weeks that lead up into you having your period. So this is the time when your PMDD is active in your life, which looks differently for every woman that suffers with PMDD. But it is during the time it's after ovulation and it's leading up into your period. So I know for me personally, um, I have 14 days of PMDD symptoms earlier, um, maybe the first five days, it, it starts, it's a little bit light, but they're definitely present and affecting my life, specifically my relationship. But the symptoms do not subside for women who are suffering with PMDD until they get their period. So during Hell Week, let's go over some of the symptoms that you could be experiencing um, if you have PMDD and you're in Hell Week. You can have a difficulty concentrating, like foggy brain, depression, anxiety, sadness, feeling of hopelessness, anger or irritability is a big one, lethargy, feeling really like you don't want to do anything at all. You're just laying there kind of blah. Um, A loss of interest in normal activities. This is a big one where if you're a really, really active person, you're really going to notice when your PMDD symptoms hit because you're going to lose the motivation to do any of the things that you would normally do. Um, This includes your morning routine, your evening routine, whatever it is that you normally would do on a day-to-day basis. It almost seems like it's overwhelming for you to do because you're trying to cope with the symptoms. So you're kind of not going to want to do those things. Even if they're really going to help you with your symptoms, you're probably not going to feel like it. So the motivation is going to be completely gone. Um, You're going to have food cravings. This is a big one where you're either going to crave things that you wouldn't normally crave. A lot of people think that it's like PMS food cravings, you know, that people who don't have PMDD get. Um, But these are very intense. It's almost like you have to give yourself the thing that you're craving or else you have this deep pit in your stomach where you feel like you can eat and eat and eat and never get full. Um, You also can have insomnia or hypersomnia. This is a big one that affects me where I would normally go to sleep at a reasonable time. But with the insomnia, I'll be up till three, four, five o'clock in the morning, sometimes all night, and then operating the next day with little to no sleep. Um, Misophonia, which is also a symptom that I suffer from, 
this is a sensitivity to noise. So it's basically where you can hear sounds that you would normally hear on a day-to-day basis and they don't bother you. But when you're in PMDD, they are magnified. So it almost seems like it's like nails on a chalkboard is how I can describe it. Um, And the most detrimental symptom of them all is suicidal thoughts. Um, Every woman experiences different PMDD symptoms and they can also fluctuate by month. So one month you can have a what's called a light month where you have some of your symptoms, but it's not all of them, or you have them, but they're not that bad. So every single month is different for women, but these are the most common PMDD um, symptoms. Although during hell week, there probably can be even more than this. So when you're thinking about how to keep the peace, Um, in your intimate relationship when you're in hell week, first we need to recognize if you're having all of these symptoms, the act of even maintaining the peace within yourself is really, really hard. So the reason why I say that peace is so important to maintain is that when you're experiencing all of these symptoms and you're in hell week, all you want is for someone to just turn it off. You just want peace. So a lot of times people will go into isolation when they're in hell week um, as best as they can. You know, there's still moms, wives, mothers, um, sisters. They still have responsibilities. They have to go to work, but you kind of just want to isolate yourself from the general public because you don't want to say anything or do anything that you're going to regret later. And then also the actions of other people, specifically your partner, they really annoy you. Um, You're really irritated by them. And it's kind of like my partner described it earlier um, in our marriage that he felt like he had to walk on eggshells because everything that he did irritated me. I mean, breathing, it just sounded louder. Um, Snoring, things that he would normally do all of a sudden were magnified and it almost seemed like he was doing them on purpose. Um, So it makes your partner feel very helpless and kind of like you don't want them around. So it's not specifically with your relationship that you don't want your specific partner around, you kind of don't want anyone around. You just want to isolate yourself until the symptoms go away, go hide under the covers, watch Netflix, do something where you don't have to actively put forth a lot of effort. You just want to lie dormant until the symptoms go away. So the first part of keeping the peace in your intimate relationship is know that your partner is going to trigger you. This is very, very common um, that you're triggered specifically by your partner because that's one of the most closest people to you. That's why it's called an intimate relationship. So I know so many times with my clients, they may come to me um, on a monthly basis and they say, I don't think this is the person for me. And I have been there where you feel like it's not you, it's the other person like this, my partner is triggering me. So in order for me to stop getting triggered, I need to get rid of my partner so that I can stop being triggered. But that's not the solution. But I completely understand because I've been there. You just, again, you want peace. You want it turned off. So I'm going to teach you some ways to stay connected with your partner while you're being triggered and to not let it damage your intimate relationship as a whole. So now that we've come to the realization that there's no avoiding it, it's not always intentional. 
that your partner is triggering you, right? I know a lot of times you start to take things that they're doing personally. You're like, I know they know that this bothers me and they sat there and did it anyway. I know it's intentional, but to be completely honest, a lot of times it's not. So give your partner some grace for that. Know that they're going to trigger you and then acknowledge your specific triggers in regards to your partner. So this was a big one for me. I had to literally recognize that every single month on a monthly basis, it was very systematic that the same things that my partner was doing were irritating me. So it was kind of like, can it really be that intentional if it's these little things? But it's it's basically understanding that your partner it's going to do these set things and they're going to trigger you. So knowing that ahead of time helps you to not be so defensive when you recognize that it's happening during hell week. So the first thing is to acknowledge what specific things that your partner does to trigger you during hell week. This is not going to be the same as what your partner may do um, outside of hell week, when you're not in PMDD, little annoyances that you may have, there's specific ones within hell week that your partner does every single month. So for me specifically, it is snoring and noises, something as simple as closing the drawers, um, to getting clothes out of the drawer. And you know how you close them that would annoy me. I would be in the middle of maybe like scrolling on social media or just like in the room chilling and I would hear a drawer close and I felt like he slammed it. Like in my mind, he's like taking the drawer and slamming it closed. In his mind, he's opening and closing the drawer. So when he looks at me and I look at him and I give him like the death stare, he's like, oh my gosh, like, like, okay, let me just, you know, back up a little bit. So, um, I used to get really resentful specifically of the snoring because sleep was so hard for me to come by. So that was a big trigger for me um, with my symptoms of misophonia, where I already could hear everything so much louder and I already was having insomnia. So when I tried to get a little bit of sleep and I immediately heard him snoring and I looked over and he's sleeping peacefully. It was almost like I'm suffering and he was in peace and I wanted peace. So I got really resentful. Um, and when I got out of PMDD and I was able to sleep fine and he was still snoring, um, he was closing the drawers as normal. That's when I knew, okay, these are my specific triggers. When I go into hell week, these are the things that I need to look out for because I'm going to be triggered in this way. So the next thing I want you to do is to know what it feels like when you are specifically emotionally triggered. So this is different for every single person. So notice how your body responds when you're triggered. Notice what the thoughts that go on in your mind. Um, for me personally, I had to be really conscious about this in order to recognize what my body was going through when I was emotionally triggered. I felt my heart begin to race really, really fast. And I can almost feel my body heat up. Like there's an internal heater that just turns up. Um, my hands got really shaky. 
and my jaw started to clench. I would like clench my jaw when I would be listening to maybe if we were having a disagreement and he was starting to say things that were going to trigger me. Um, or if I was like up late at night and I couldn't sleep, I would literally have that reaction in my body. But how you feel when you're triggered is systematic, meaning every single time that you're emotionally triggered, you're going to have common things of ways that your body reacts. So it's always good to know when you're in the middle of something, that's your cue. When you notice those changes in your body, those shifts, then you can say, okay, I'm being emotionally triggered right now. So once you have noticed that you're triggered and you know for sure that your partner is emotionally triggering you, this, these are going to be ways that you can keep the peace. So the first thing you need to do is to calm yourself. So when you feel yourself filled with rage, take a deep breath. Don't say what's immediately on your mind. I know you have these internal thoughts, um, these responses to what you want to say to maybe something that your partner is saying or something that your partner is doing. And this is a lot of times where the guilt will come in later on um, when you're out of hell week, because you'll have said things to your partner that you really don't mean. But in those moments that you're emotionally triggered, you almost believe it. It's, it's like, I know for sure, I don't like this person. I know for sure that they're getting on my nerves. And I know for sure that whatever these harsh words that I'm about to say, I really mean them. So I'm not saying that you're not going to feel convicted and very confident in your, your response when you're emotionally triggered. I'm saying to don't immediately react. So you need to calm yourself down. And in a way that I, one of the tools that I give my clients for doing this is to count to 10 while you're doing the deep breaths before you speak. So you're not going to say all of the things that are coming to your mind, you're going to allow them. So you're not going to stop these negative thoughts from going on in your head. You're going to allow them to be there, but you're going to become an observer of those thoughts. You, you're going to already know that you're emotionally triggered. You're going to take the deep breaths. You're going to count to 10. And this gives you a moment to figure out how you can respond to the situation without letting the anger and the rage take over. So the next thing you can do is listen, give your partner a chance to respond or to say what they need to say. So many times we can shut our partners down, make them feel like they can't say anything, um, be demeaning to them, make them feel like their thoughts and emotions don't matter. And if you feel like in that moment that them consistently talking and explaining themselves is further emotionally triggering you then that's when you need to take a time out. You need to create some space. You don't have to leave the house, but I normally go on a walk. Um, and again, it could be as little as 10 minutes or as much as an hour. I've taken a walk and I've just been like, you know what? Communicate to your partner what you're doing. So you just let them know, I need I need a time out right now. I need to take some time for myself for a minute. Um, can we talk about this later? Once you've asked your partner that, they may want to consistently uh, talk about this. So I dealt with this a lot in my um, relationship with my partner, where he's a person that wants to just get everything out and talk about it right then. And I'm more of a person that needs time to be intentional and make sure that I'm saying the things that I mean. 
Um, because otherwise, if I'm pushed in a corner, if I'm backed in a corner to respond at a time where I'm emotionally triggered, I will say and do things that I will for sure later on regret. So we had to have that communication when we're not in PMDD and I'm not in hell week and just be like, hey, if there's ever a time where we're emotionally triggered, we're having a disagreement, I'm in PMDD, I'm probably going to need like some time before we can discuss it. And I would say if there's anything major that you have to discuss in your intimate relationship, don't do it during PMDD. Don't use that as a time to bring up things that are going to be impactful to your life and your relationship as a whole. Save those conversations from when you're, number one, when you're not emotionally triggered from your PMDD symptoms. And then when you're in your best frame of mind, which is when you're not in PMDD, it's so tempting to bring up really serious concrete things and in the time that you are emotionally triggered in PMDD because you feel so the ego is there and it's kind of like I don't even need you I can move on without you like you feel so confident in your ability to not be in the relationship because you're you're so disconnected during that time that's where the isolation comes in you kind of detach a little bit from your partner so there's two things you can either detach or you can get really clingy and overly want attention from your partner. For me personally, I detach. So when I get to a point where I'm emotionally triggered, it's easier for me to separate myself from the emotions of my partner because I'm not that connected because I've detached and I kind of, my partner calls it going internal because I'm suffering from so many symptoms that I just kind of want to deal with it on my own which probably comes from years and years of years of being really, really independent, being a single mom, having to handle everything on my own. So when I'm emotionally triggered, I'm in hell week, I kind of go back to that autopilot of doing everything myself, but it's all, so I have to be very intentional with communicating to my partner hey, I need some time for myself. I'm not leaving you. I'm not abandoning you because that also can cause insecurities with your partner. If you shift and become really, really emotionally detached as a way to avoid um, having the disagreements and the emotional outbursts, you kind of can do the opposite and abandon your partner. So you always want to make sure that you're staying connected. You're keeping the peace by calmly just letting them know, hey, I need some time. So after you've taken the time out, just focus on the present moment. Focus on what it is that you're really angry about and find a way to get it out. So I know for me, my uh, morning routine is really, really good for this, where I just think about everything that I'm really angry about, whatever it is that's irritating me. And I just let it all out during the workout. Um, Then at the end of the workout, I kind of have like a little stretch and meditation, moving meditation is what I call it, where I just allow that calmness to just come over me at the end of it. And then when I go to talk to my partner, it's I've gotten it out. So for some of my clients, it's journaling. Um, Some, it can be as simple as just taking a walk. Some, it can be listening to music, whatever it is that you need to do to shift your um, emotions and your mood during that time. I'll do another episode on that specifically on ways to shift your mood and your emotions um, when you're triggered.
But once you've done that, go back and avoid creating triangles in your intimate relationship. What does that mean? Um, Earlier in my journey, I used to take the time that I would be on a walk and call my best friend, Angie, and just let out all of the, basically all of the negative things that I was going to say to my partner, I would just say them to her and kind of trying to find that validation, like for her to tell me, yeah, you should feel like that. And it is as bad as it seems. And I really wanted someone to confirm. And I was very convincing that those negative thoughts that I was thinking were true about my partner, were true about my relationship, all of the things. And, you know, my best friend is amazing. She listened, but she also told me uh, when I wasn't in PMDD that I had a cycle of saying these really negative things about my relationship when I was in PMDD. And then when I was not in PMDD, I would speak so highly of my partner. So she's one of the few people where she doesn't judge. Um, So if I start telling her how amazing my partner is, which he is, um, when I'm not in PMDD, because I can see it so clearly, I can feel it so clearly, like it's so evident of why I'm with him and, and all of these things. And I communicate that to her. She knows that it's true for me, just as when I'm frustrated, she knows that that's just how I feel in the moment, but not everybody can compartmentalize those emotions from positive to negative and not judge and not bring that up when you're not in PMDD. So the worst thing that you want is for you to be in that really good space where you're feeling really loving and connected to your partner. And then one of your friends or coworkers or family members, whoever you spoke negatively about your relationship and your partner, they bring that up and say, well, didn't you say you didn't even want to be with this person? Well, didn't you say that this person wasn't the right person for you? Well, didn't you say, and they start bringing up all of these negative things. And because you're not emotionally triggered, because you're not in hell week, because you're not in PMDD, you're not even in that headspace anymore. And now you're having to navigate and to defend your partner. And it's not, and you feel like it's not fair to them. And then it's not fair to you. And you create this drama and this mess. So when you're in that point of trying to calm down, when you're emotionally triggered, don't create a triangle and bring a third party into it. Journal it out, write it out. I've, I've done that a lot of times where I've I've kind of gotten out everything that I needed to say. And then once you have it on paper or even on a voice recorder where you can take a walk and actually record it, um, which I strongly recommend because when you listen to yourself, um, which I've done this plenty of times, when you listen to yourself and you're no longer in PMDD, you're like, whoa, (laughs) like chill. Like that, that's not how I feel. That's not how I think about my relationship. Um, the damage is not done because you haven't spread it. It's kind of like a disease. If you go and contaminate yourself, you know, with everything going on with COVID um, and people having to isolate themselves for 10 to 14 days, it's so they don't spread the virus. Think of the same thing with your negative thoughts that you have about your relationship and the negative thoughts that you may have about your partner during hell week. You don't want to spread that to anyone else because it's not true, right? Those negative thoughts, they may feel 
validated and true in the moment, but they're not true in reality. So you don't want to spread it. You don't want to spread it to your partner. You don't want to spread it to your friends, your families, your loved ones, because you don't want them to look at your partner any differently um, other than the person that you know that they are. So in order to not spread it and to not allow those negative thoughts to impact your life, um, don't go spreading the negative thoughts, the negative emotions, get it out for yourself. And then once you get it out, you're going to feel better. It's kind of like if you, if you're punching the air and then you get exhausted because you're tired, you know, the boxers, and then they're just like, oh, I feel, I feel better. Cause like you get, you have to find a way to get it out of your system. And once you've done that, go back to your partner and connect with them. Um, I am in a long distance marriage right now we're both um in different places so it's harder for us to connect physically but a physical touch is is an amazing way to connect with your partner because it it lowers your guard it brings your guard down it allows you to feel loved and it allows you to feel connected um so i've had to get really creative with ways that i reconnect with my partner once i'm not emotionally triggered i'm a writer so sometimes i will write um him a letter. I will do poetry. I will find ways to validate him, to validate our, affirm our relationship and to just really get back to that loving feeling. Because when you're emotionally triggered, you don't have those loving feelings. But the best thing that I can let you know is that those loving feelings don't come automatically. They come from behaviors. So if you start to do um, loving behaviors, it's going to bring back those loving feelings. So again, I'll do a separate episode on some of the loving behaviors that you can do to help you feel back to being connected to your partner. Because I know for us women who have PMDD, it is very, very um, strange at how differently we can look at our partner when we're in hell week and when we're not your partner can start to even look differently um, to you. Like the features that your partner has can be magnified in a good way or in a bad way. Like, so when you want to get back to that loving place of looking at your partner and being happy that you're in a relationship, looking at your partner and being happy that you're in your life and feeling so grateful and lucky, you have to do the behaviors that's going to bring about those feelings. So This is a very um, extensive way of keeping the peace in your intimate relationship when you're in hell week. For those of you that want to listen to this episode again, um, feel free to do that. Write down notes. But if you do want my 10 ways to manage your emotions while you have hell week and you're in PMDD rage and all of the things. Um, I do have an ebook that I made specifically for you that you can reference that I would specifically have you reference when you're in hell week. So if you want that, go to my website, www.inlovewithpmdd.com, or you can DM me on Instagram at inlovewithpmdd. And I will give you a copy 
Um, I made this very affordable because I want it to be a resource that you can rinse and repeat. You can use every month. You're going to need this resource every single month because it's going to give you the reminder that you need. It's going to stop you in your tracks from doing things that you may regret later on. And it's going to keep the peace in your intimate relationship so that when you go back to not being in PMDD anymore, you won't have those regrets. You won't have to clean up a big mess of asking your partner for forgiveness for the things that you've said, for the things that you've done that were completely out of character. You're going to feel refreshed knowing that you got through hell week without damaging your intimate relationships. So I am here for you. If you need anything from me, feel free to DM me on Instagram or go to my website for any of my services. And until next time, you got this.